The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Big argument in front of the Supreme Court on Wednesday, and it was oral arguments in the case Garland v. Cargill. In other words, the bump stock case. And I wanted to talk about this with Ilya Shapiro. It's been way too long since I've had the pleasure of talking with him. He's now a senior fellow and director of constitutional studies at the Manhattan Institute. And before that, he was ED, senior lecturer at Georgetown Center for the Constitution. And before that, vice president of Cato. And I think that's when I last talked with you, which tells you it's been, it's been too long. Uh, Ilya, welcome back. Good morning. Well, it's, it, it's good to be back. Um, and uh, this is as, as good a case as any to start on because... Uh, I tell you, people, some, some, some are alarmed that this is, uh, you know, more Second Amendment mayhem. Some are thinking that this is some, uh, the court placating Donald Trump, when in actuality, this is about the administrative state, and it was the Trump Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, which first uh, uh, put in the rule that's the, at the heart of the case. All right. I wanted to uh, let you know here, Ilya, I have a dog in the fight because I purchased a bump stock a number of years ago here from a Southern Oregon drug dealer, drug dealer. Yeah. (laughs) Southern Southern Oregon firearms dealer. I have too much of measure 110 and the fentanyl uh, problem down here on my mind. Okay, let me just uh, let go of that. But anyway, uh, back to it. I had a bump stock, and I had it. I used it for two, three years. Didn't use it very often, but uh, it was very clear to me that it was. And the the regulation at hand here is one pull of the trigger fires one round from the rifle, and that's all it did. You had to hold it a certain way, and uh, and make the motion of with the rifle yourself to come up with more rapid fire. And there are people that can do rapid fire with a rifle just with their finger. And so just because it mimics a machine gun doesn't necessarily make it by law a machine gun, but yet that's what the Donald Trump regulation did in essence. Isn't that what happened you know, back during his administration? Right. So uh, in the wake of the uh, mass shooting in Las Vegas, a uh, harvest festival there, mm-hmm. uh, where the shooter was up in a hotel room and using a bump, uh, a bump stock, that's when the ATF uh, redefined machine gun to include bump stocks. Now, the statutory definition of machine gun is that when there is uh, there, there are more than one bullet that comes out per trigger pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been litigation over what that means. For example, in a case called United States versus Camp, the trigger was reconfigured such that you press a button and lots of bullets came out. So it's not a matter of having to be like a, a metal piece or something, but one action of the trigger causes uh, more than one bullet to come out. They redefine a bump stock, which, as you said, since you know better than I do, since you actually actually have practical experience with this, I've you know read about it, watched the videos. I think I understand what what, what they are. Uh, it, it's a it's a device that uses the the recoil to push your finger against the trigger multiple times in succession. But it's right. still each time the trigger pull happens, one bullet comes out. That's and right. That's what the debate is. How did the case get argued yesterday? What was the overall uh, takeaway? Because you ended up filing a uh, friend of the court brief, I think is what they call that, right? Right. I, I ended up filing a, an amicus curiae, which is Latin for friend of the court, uh, supporting uh, Mr. Cargill, the, the challenger to this ATF regulation. The point that I was making uh, in my brief focused on Chevron deference, the idea that judges sometimes defer to administrative agencies, uh, which is the subject of 
lots of other cases before the court this term that might get overturned. But anyway, uh, the, the issue of judicial deference didn't really come up during yesterday's argument. It was a, a, a pretty technical argument about uh, how bump stocks operate, how other kinds of firearm accessories operate, how uh, some future hypothetical kind of fancy sci-fi type accessories might operate, whether they can be uh, uh, considered uh, uh, machine guns uh, as well. Uh, it's a pretty tight argument. We're, we went just over an hour, uh, I suppose. Uh, the Mr. Cargill's lawyer was uh, Jonathan Mitchell, who I actually went to law school with uh, back in Chicago over 20 years ago. He's a former Solicitor General of Texas. But he, you know, it was uh, it was all about whether it's the text of the law versus its purpose. And the thing is, when Congress enacted the the machine gun restriction back in 1934, almost 100 years ago, uh, bump stocks did not exist. And Congress was, again, defining things as multiple bullets per trigger pull. And so the argument is, well, was their purpose really to eliminate rapid fire, which who knows? But that, to my mind, at least, is not what the text says. Yeah. And if they were to uh, you know, try to eliminate or pass a law to eliminate rapid fire, uh, then what are you going to do? Cut off rapid fire shooters fingers, <laughs> you know, or, or make them, you know, well, make them I mean, register they, they, them. They would, they, it, it, they, they, that came up. There's a. Uh, Mitchell, uh, Cargill's lawyer, was asked by Justice Kavanaugh, I believe, how would you write a statute uh, uh, to cover bump stocks or other accessories? And uh, you, you, you would write something like any, you know, banning or restricting any device that facilitates the, uh, uh, the rapid fire or the, or the functioning of the fire of, a, of an otherwise semi-automatic firearm to make it function as if it were an automatic, something like that. There's, there's legislative language that could mm. be drawn up. But that's, that's again, it's Congress's call. But that's not what Congress did. Ilya, let me uh, then uh, touch on something else. When I purchased my, uh, my bump stock back in the day, it came with a letter from the ATF describing how the bump stock was perfectly legal and it uh, and it and it actually this is what they were telling people who bought them back then you got a letter with it from the ATF talking about how this was perfectly legal this was not a machine gun now did anybody bring up in the case yesterday all right was the ATF lying prior to Donald Trump or are they lying after Donald Trump you know it's like both can't be correct you know so to speak right um it did come up that this was uh you know the government's change in position uh and uh, the Solicitor General's uh, uh, deputy, who argued the, the case, uh, said that it was just a, a reconsideration, and they, they wanted to um, you know, figure out how to address this issue, if it was already in the law or whether they needed a new law, and they ultimately determined that, that they could do it uh, through regulation. Yeah, but a reconsideration that all of a sudden turns people who followed the first order into felons? <laughs> Isn't that a little odd? That, that, so that came up as well. And uh, the, the government's lawyer said that there is uh, you know, no plan to prosecute people from before the rule. The statute of limitations is about to run on that anyway. Oh. Uh, and, and there would be other arguments about, you know, uh, technical you know, legal arguments that could be made if someone were actually criminally prosecuted from, from before uh, the, the, the regulation. But, uh, look, governments change positions on legal arguments. Uh, at an increasing rate, uh, especially when especially when administrations change, going D to R or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it happens within the same uh, administration uh, as well. So it's unusual. I think that that detracts from how much a court should defer 
to the government's interpretation because, hey, it's just a policy decision. Nothing wrong with that per se, but as a matter of law, we shouldn't be deferring uh, to that sort of thing. Let's take this back to Chevron. You had talked about the Chevron deference, you know, that is used. That and that essentially says that uh, we're going to err on the side of the government knows what it's doing, right, in the administrative state. Isn't that essentially what Chevron means? Well, it, it's, it's that we defer to experts. And uh, Congress can't be expected to uh, legislate every little bit uh, of the rules. And so the, 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 the interpretation was 40 years ago that unless what the agency determines is crazy or in legal terms arbitrary and capricious, we'll just defer to it. The courts are not going to determine whether the agency used the best interpretation, just that it used a reasonable one. But Ilya, isn't there a case to be made that uh, we're supposed to be under the rule of law, not the rule of experts? Uh, what's that? Isn't there a case to be made, though, that we're supposed to be a nation under the rule of law, not the rule of experts or the opinion of experts in every aspect of our life? Well, th- th- that's, th- that's true. But the, the, the problem with Chevron is uh, they're, they're not acting like experts uh, a lot of the time when they're uh, getting their uh, uh, their deference, they're acting like lawyers. Mm-hmm. So Congress is not Congress is not experts on biology or economics or what have you. So there is rules for room for regulation and uh, and implementation about you know how many parts per million or billion of arsenic is allowed in drinking water or something. All like right. that. Should uh, de- should Chevron, in your opinion, go down, go down hard, or and go away? I, or? I think it should. I think it should. Congress okay. needs to provide you know, uh, 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 more of a, of a principle. I can't just say, uh, you know, we get into a different sort of issue, which what lawyers call the non-delegation doctrine, the idea that Congress can't delegate uh, uh, legal authority. Um, um, uh, uh, but uh, that just means something like, you know, Congress can't pass a law that says uh, the Truth, Beauty, and Goodness Act uh, of 2024, the, the deputy undersecretary shall do things that promote truth, beauty, and goodness. <laughs> Well, that's an open, you know, that's a that's a blank check. Yeah, a little uh, so open. Similarly, a little open, yeah. Sim- similarly, I think there there can be room for deference or at least uh, persuasion uh, uh, if an agency is actually acting uh, as an expert rather than as a lawyer. If you are a betting man on this, and betting on the Supreme Court making a decision is always uh, kind of a fool's errand, but I'll I'll spitball and ask you anyway, okay? Do you believe that this particular court, as currently constituted, was persuaded by Cargill uh, over this or will take uh, the side more of the uh, government? What does your gut tell you? Although, hey, like I said, we're just playing odds. Yeah, uh, you're, you're the, the, the worth of my prediction uh, is, is what you're paying for it. But uh, uh, hard to tell, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think if, you know, a majority of the justices call themselves textualists. Um, and, you know, if you're being textual about this, this is, this does not fit. Um, but there is the, yesterday's argument, I think was closer than I thought it might have been. Um, I think, you know, if I had to put a, uh, put a bet down, I'd still bet on, on Mr. Cargo and, and the lower court's, uh, ruling being affirmed that that threw out the rule. Uh, but I think it'll be a close call and it could cross, um, uh, so-called ideological or, or partisan lines. Yeah. There, there are some inklings that some of the justices might view things in kind of a heterodox manner. You talked about the textualists, and is that really the battle within the legal world today? And I bring this up because Measure 114 was a Oregon-passed gun control law, barely passed, mostly passed by Portland, that uh, ended up uh, being stopped 
uh, in uh, one uh, state court, a state county court here. And the other in other courts, though, they're saying that, well, you know, even though if you actually read the law, the law does this, but the intent of the law was to do this. And so you have a, a progressive lawyer or an attorney then saying, well, we should go with what the intent is rather than what the law actually reads. And I kind of look at that as sort of dangerous, don't you? Or wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a big uh, debate. It was it was kind of the, the, between the textualists and the purpose of it, as it's called. Oh, and the purpose of it had the upper hand in the in the seventies and eighties, and things have begun to change. And Justice Kagan says we're all textualists now. Um, so I, I, you know, you can't uh, 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 ignore the text of the law if it's clear. If there's ambiguity, then some people uh, apply you know, uh, legislative history or other ways of trying to get at uh, purpose to inform your textual understandings. And there, there are other tools okay. of, uh, of statutory interpretation there, but that is, that is a big part of the fight. All right. That's really interesting. By the way, it was Measure 113 that I was speaking of. I erred by saying 114. 113 was the one that uh, denied uh, the ability of a senator or state rep to run for re-election if they denied quorum and were, you know, unexcused absences. I don't know if you'd heard about that case or not. But uh, anyway, I really appreciate the uh, evaluation and analysis on this one, Ilya. Are you writing about this over at the Manhattan Institute, any place I can direct folks to? Um, I, I did a Twitter thread on it. I put out a press statement. Um, if you go to my Twitter account, at iShapiro. Uh, you'll see my response to that, and and uh, the Manhattan Institute website does have my amicus brief with a little write-up about the case. All right, very good. Ilya, thank you so much for the uh, talk. We'll have you back, and you be well. My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care. 824 at KMED KCMD. You'll notice how he hung up very quickly because he had another hit at 825. See, little insider. And I knew that. Ilya, got to get him out. Uh, this is the Bill Meyer Show on KMED KCMD. It is now your turn. Over what you've been hearing this morning, 770-5633. Rise and shine with the ultimate breakfast experience from Artisan Bakery Cafe. You'll be wowed once again with this limited-time veggie breakfast bagel sandwich. A fresh-baked toasted bagel layered with cream cheese, egg, cheddar cheese, onions, pepperoncini, and fresh tomato. A breakfast sensation sure to give your day a jump start. Wait, there's more. Bacon breakfast bagel sandwich also available for a limited time. Order online at DoorDash or visit 1325 Center Drive across from South Fredmire. Stay updated on recreational opportunities all over our region with the Outdoor Report. Every Friday morning just past 7 a.m. on the Bill Meyer Show. The Outdoor Report on KMED and KCMD is powered by Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, driven by Linex. Off Vilas Road on Airway Drive. The Road Gardener, sponsored by Grange Co-op. If we select certain plants and manage a habitat with a purpose, even a small plot can provide very high quality overwintering habitat for the insects that pollinate our plants and beneficial insects that attack harmful insects in our gardens. Call stand Saturdays 10 to noon and Sunday morning encore at 9 on KMED and KCMD. When Cynthia came to TurboTax, she had just launched her new side gig, a true crime podcast. I'm a first-rate detective with a golden voice. As her TurboTax expert, I made her second income count by guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and her maximum refund. <clears throat> what did she do with that refund? Find out next week. Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. 
Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hey, 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 it's 2024, and I want to help you buy a new Ford or new-to-you certified pre-owned vehicle. Joel here, and nothing says I love you like a brand-new truck in your driveway, especially when you can finance a new Ford F-150 at the low, low rate of 1.9% for 72 months. And here's another sweet low-rate deal, your choice of Ford Escape or Ford Edge with 0% financing for 60 months. Come to Ashland for low rates. 1.9% financing on Ford F-150s, 0% financing on Ford Escapes and Edges. That's how Ford cost less in Ashland. Remember, Butler says yes to 0% financing. Butler says yes to bigger discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Butler Ford and Truck Center, just 12 short minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where we've got your truck, your SUV, and certified pre-owned. Looking for a quality used car, truck, or SUV? Start your search at butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. That's butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. 60 monthly payments of $16.67 per $1,000 financed and 72 monthly payments of $14.71 per $1,000 financed on approved credit through four credit financing. Offer in three, four, twenty-four. If you have an Alexa device, you can listen to great news and talk anytime by first asking Alexa, enable KMED. After enabling the skill, you can listen to the most popular talk personalities like Bill Meyer and Lars Larson, plus local news and weather 24 hours a day by just asking her to play KMED. Alexa streaming on KMED is made possible by Megan McPherson at Farmers Insurance. Father and Son Jewelry, Violets and Cream, and Pacific Healthcare Training. Welcome back to the Bill Meyer Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Probably the first celebrity I knew about dead of a fentanyl overdose. Remember that back in the day, a few years ago? Yeah, when he ended up uh, having that broken hip. He had a broken hip, massive pain from that. He had uh, fentanyl and various other opioids in there. Looks like he was trying to uh, self-medicate afterwards. Yeah, can't. uh, It's been going on a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, 28 minutes after 8. Open phones at 770-5633. Open phones again, 770-5633. And if you've opened your insurance renewal lately, chances are you, you are ready to pass out and you better have a fainting couch you know, available for you, especially uh, homeowners insurance with fire. If you're out in the rural areas, you need a friend in the business. And for that, talk to Steve Yancey, Steve Yancey at Sky Park Insurance at 261-5444. I've been saving money with him for years. And what I've enjoyed about Steve is that all he does is that you tell him the problem and he goes to work on it. And with all the, uh, the different insurance companies that he works for, not just one insurance company, He's often able to craft together a quote that will cost you less money or get you better coverage for the same money. And or in some cases, when it comes to maybe homeowners insurance, just uh, reduce the bleed <laughs> of them trying to, you know, suck all the rest of the blood out of your bank account every month, whatever the case might be. So talk to him. 2615444. Lynn Barton works with him now too and she works the side of uh, helping people get registered for uh, Medicare insurance properly and all the ins and outs of the supplementals and big help, big, big help. All right. Two, six, one, five, four, four, four or skyparkins.com at Sky Park. We make insurance easy. Back to the crazy phone calls on conspiracy theory Thursday. And we have crazy Gene from white city. Hello, Gene. Go ahead. Well, I'm here and I was going to tell you kind of a humorous story there. Uh, Years back, I ran my hand, my fingers to a chain and sprocket assembly. Oh, oh. seriously? And, uh, you did that? You you have a, a humorous story about running your hand through the chain? It's, it's, 
the humor happened a little bit later, but uh, oh, <laughs> do you still have a hand? I'm just curious. Oh yeah, it's it's a little messed up, but yeah, I can still kind of use it. Oh, good, good, okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the doctor pinned my fingers together because the bones were all shattered. Right. And he pinned my middle finger to where it stuck straight out. <laughs> and and uh, I was riding my street bike down to go to the doctor's office, and I, I was wondering, what's wrong with these cars? I mean, there's people turning their heads and looking at me and talking. They look like they wanted to kill me when you look back at, at the cars and the people in them. I'm going, I look down at my hand, oh, I'm flipping them out. <laughs> you, were, you were giving them the one-finger salute that nobody likes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I survived that, too. But, yeah, I got through all that stuff. But I thought that was kind of humorous that I was flipping them off, and I didn't even realize it at first. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know that you survived it and that you still have a uh, of a hand. I, I was hoping you weren't having to try to, to turn the phone on or hit the buttons with a stump, okay? Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, you use whatever you got available. And uh, they're saying that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Well, I, uh, in my case, it did because other people, that which does not kill you turns turn you into a drug addict. Gotcha. Thanks for the call there. Good hearing from Eugene, 770-5633. Like I said, it's all comers on Conspiracy Theory Thursday. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hi. Going Hello? once? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I didn't. Hear, I didn't hear the bus. Bill, it's your friend Brad. Good morning to you. Hi, Brad. So, so conspiracy theory uh, Thursday uh, and ta- talking about insurance. So, Bill, a uh, uh, good friend of mine uh, j- just got this really short note. Gonna, gonna read. There's this. Good afternoon, dear so and so. Wish I had better news, but wanted to let you know as soon as I could. My last option came back with a decline mm. due to the location of your home's underwriting for my companies. I've deemed it is in too high of a wildfire risk and declined to quote. So this this person just got their insurance their fire insurance policy canceled after more than twenty years. And do you know where this high risk area is? This high risk area is less than five minutes away from the fire station in Shady Cove. And less than 500, away, 500 yards away from the school in Shady Cove. That's this high. This is what Senate Bill 762 has done for us, Bill. We have people that, that in, in otherwise safe and secure and served by fire district locations are having their fire insurance discontinued. And Remember, by the way, you have you cannot you cannot remove the blame of uh, of State Senator Jeff Golden. For part of this, and no. also Pam Marsh, you cannot because both were supportive of this. No, gold, no, Golden, Golden rescued this thing out of the fire five, se- five separate times. Yeah. So, so Bill, this is where we 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 remember densification consists of two components: make making it more compelling, making it easier, you might say, to live in a densified urban environment, and at the same time, making it more expensive and more difficult to live in a more rural environment. This is the equivalent of, uh, well, we can't force you necessarily to buy an electric vehicle. We'll just make it impossible for you to use your gasoline-powered vehicle, right? This is the equivalent. We can't force you to live in the city. We'll just make it impossible for you to live in the country, yeah. right? That, that's exactly right. So here, here you have a state that has one of the lowest population densities in the United States. You know, the population density in Jackson County is only, uh, on average, 80 people per square mile. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our population density. We have one of the lowest population densities anywhere, and yet these policy pieces are designed to compress, 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 shove more and more people into smaller and smaller spaces. And remember, 
they're taking, we, we learned from the presentation from Matt uh, Brinkley that CFEC is designed to take people's personal transportation options away from them. So not only is it going to push more and more people into smaller and smaller areas, at the same time, it's going to be removing their personal transportation options. I think that uh, people are going to wonder in a few years why so many have left Oregon. And many friends and colleagues have already left the state because of this. People are people are going to wonder how this how this happened, and nobody. I mean, if you went down the street and lined up a hundred people and asked them what climate friendly, equitable communities is, you'd get ninety nine blank stares. I'd almost guarantee it. So anyway, anyway, Bill, that's that's my contribution for for uh, the conspiracy hiding out in plain sight. All right, thank you, Brad. Line three, hello, KMED, KCMD. Yeah, Joel, the elephant in the room he was talking about. Um, yeah, last night, um, Mark Shaw has been studying of the Kennedys and uh, Marilyn and uh, Dorothy Kilgotten, and no no investigation was ever made to the cause of her death. And Of whose death? Year, uh, Dorothy Kilgotten. She, Who? She was the most prized female reporter. Oh, the journalist. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. And and we know it was part of the deep state because how come the, right after she supposedly died like Marilyn, she never used drugs and she supposedly died of drinking. And uh, Yeah. Well, reportedly what was going on is that she was about to uh, put in an expose on the Kennedy assassination. So she had to be dealt with, apparently. That's the story, how it's been uh, reported. Yeah. We, we know it must be the deep state because the next morning, Two FBI agents came and took everything out of her house. Well, all right. And off we go. Thank you for the call. Yikes. Some things never really change. But, yeah, let's uh, build the FBI a new uh, palace. Anyway, hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Bill, Lucretia. Hi, Lucretia. Go ahead. So I don't know if this is a conspiracy or not. It's interesting, and I have first to ask you a question. Is it true that... Uh, Hillary Clinton gave Russia 20% of our uranium mines, and the Russian government gave back the Clinton Foundation $175 million. That is the claim in the story. I don't have any confirmation or real data on that in front of me right now. But I've, I've heard and read enough about that. That is the claim. Now, I would imagine Snopes probably says it's false. But, you know, I'm just saying that is the claim. Yeah. So if now Biden has given mineral rights this area to China, I find that interesting that Aspen, which has all this lithium, and we know they're mining lithium in China, and it's killing everybody in the area. I mean, it's just really toxic stuff. And, you know, they put up a statue um, um, honoring China in the uh, Black Lives Matter park, you know, right at the end of uh, A Street and Eight. You know, all those T-shirts that are just... Oh, 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 they have that in Ashland at the, uh, yeah, where we uh, celebrate the diversity, the, 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 the diversity T-shirts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. It was a beautiful little park, and we have to look at that all the time. And so they put up this, this statue that rewards China, honors China for all the, uh, the irrigation and the railroads. And so I find it really interesting that if they gave the mineral rights, and this is really why they took the Copco Dam down and, and are, they want to get the water levels down because you can't mine below the, the water level. So your theory is that that's what's going to be happening in that area eventually? Yeah, yeah. 
That, that's an interesting theory. Lucretia, interesting theory, thought-provoking. Appreciate the call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to <laughs> – now you're going to make me want to look up that uranium thing because I remember that was like part of the 2016 election cycle. There was a lot of – and I kind of forgot about it all, okay? All right? There's only so much room I can have for every conspiracy of the day, and I, I have to – you know, it's kind of like I have so much – it's like I'm a solid-state drive, and you fill up one part of the solid-state drive, and then when you're going to have uh, some some new stuff comes in, you have to let go of some of the other information. I let go of the uh, Hillary deal. I'll have to get it back and fill it back up. Uh, 838-770-5633. Have at it. We'll be right back. Access your stored items safe and secure. Storage at Exit 24 has all sizes of units with traditional outdoor access that are brightly lit with wide paved drives. Affordable RV and boat parking is available too. Conveniently located off I-5. Storage at Exit24.com. Good morning. I'm Marcus Vio with your NBC5 morning news update. The Medford Police Department is speaking up after a civil lawsuit brought forth by the Idiot Law Group named Asante and a nurse as defendants in a wrongful death lawsuit. It's connected to the ongoing investigation into the alleged drug diversion that may have resulted in several deaths and infections. In a statement issued Wednesday, Medford Police Lieutenant Jeff Kirkpatrick said MPD is aware of the civil lawsuit naming the nurse and will not be confirming any names of those involved in the active investigation. Lieutenant Kirkpatrick went on to say, quote, Since December 2023, investigators have been diligently working on this case. Numerous interviews have been conducted, with many more yet to be completed. We are meticulously reviewing thousands of documents, including medical records, which require thorough examination and consultation with experts in the medical field, end quote. If you want to shake things up a bit, you can visit the Jackson County Fairgrounds this weekend. The Monster Truck Nitro Tour is coming to the Expo. You can get seats to watch racing, wheelie contests, and freestyle categories. The competition is ready to rumble Friday through Saturday. Prices rise day of for the shows, so if you're interested, make sure to buy tickets ahead of time at monstertrucktour.com. For local news anytime, you can head to our website, kobi5.com, or to our Facebook page, and that's NBC, that's KOBI-TV, NBC5. And for NBC5 News, I'm Marcus Vio. Have a great this day. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post-frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. It's home show season. The next one for Johnson Builders will be Southern Oregon Home Show at the Jackson County Expo in early May. But you don't have to wait to get low home show pricing right now for any building you need. From a small shop to a huge riding area, residential or commercial, Johnson Builders is the leading authority on post and frame construction in the region. So get a quote on your project and take advantage of special home show pricing. Visit johnson.builders. Johnson Builders, building for your future. American Rancher Garage is your premier auto care provider, serving Medford, Central Point, and the Rogue Valley, providing nothing less than the highest quality standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Call today. Appointments are available for oil change to engine change. Get the peace of mind you deserve at American Rancher Garage on Biddle across from Elmers, 499-6673, 499-6673. American Rancher Garage. We stand behind every job we do with service you can trust. The purchase of another gutter manufacturing machine has spurred speculation at the offices of Fontana Roofing. Yes, we'll custom fabricate them on-site in your choice of 30 colors and includes heavy-duty hangers, zinc-plated screws, and complete downspouts. Great. Talk to you soon. 
another quote? Yep. They're deciding between copper, steel, or aluminum. All will last decades. Even when they're occasionally plugged, they can handle the weight of water and leaves. And space dust. Researchers have calculated about 5,200 metric tons of micrometeorites fall to Earth every year. Huh. Ooh, what about bird poo? I'm guessing that's got to be in the millions of tons dropping from the sky every day into the gutters. Montana Roofing manufacturers sturdy. Custom gutter systems to withstand just about whatever lands on your roof. Call Montana Roofing for your next set of gutters. Visit MontanaRoofingServices.com. Two Dogs Fabricating knows trailers. They sell trailers and repair trailers. So if you'd like your trailer inspected, bring it to the dogs and they'll sniff it out. Two Dogs will check the axles, hitch, tongue, lights, bed, brakes, and more to make sure your trailer's roadworthy. Most trailers on the road are fine, but it's good to have it checked out once a year. They'll scrutinize crucial welds for corrosion and cracks too. And if you need any repairs, you'll get a quick, reasonable estimate. Two Dogs Fabricating on Ryan Way, off Sage in Medford. 1063 KMED 993 KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. Okay. A refresher on the Hillary Clinton Corruptico story that the listener brought up a few minutes ago. All right. New York Times, April of 2015. New York Times, Hillary Clinton approved Russian uranium deal after $2 million donation to Clinton Foundation. That was what I recall. And New York Times suggesting Hillary Clinton took actions as Secretary of State because of financial donations that were made to the Clinton Foundation by Russians pushing for a Canadian uranium company. Times reported in a piece on Thursday, Canadian records show the chairman of Russian-owned Uranium One gave over $2 million to the Clinton Foundation, which the Clintons didn't disclose. And at the same time, Russia pushed for control of a Canadian uranium company. A Kremlin-connected bank promoting stock in the company also reportedly paid Bill Clinton half a million dollars for a speech in Moscow. Eventually, the Russian-Canadian uranium deal was approved. Whether the donations played any role in the approval of the uranium deal is unknown, the Times writes, but the episode underscores the special ethical challenges presented by the Clinton Foundation. All right. Now, that's what the New York Times said. Uh, Needless to say... Uh, Snopes.com, which uh, I've I've never disagreed with ever, uh, says it's absolutely false. False, false, false. Are you surprised? Yeah, who will check the fact checkers? It's uh, 844. Let, let me go to a Todd in Central Point. Hey, Todd, how are you doing this morning? What's up? Great, sir. Um, next time we talk to Greg, the weatherman, uh, I remember a few years back, he called up with his heart practically beating out of his chest with excitement because his next door neighbor had been arrested by the SWAT team. And it was kind of a standoff Yeah, the guy was yelling and screaming about how he had inside information about election fraud and all like that. So if it comes up, if you have a quick moment with him next time, just ask him if you ever found out any of the background on that. Since I, it is conspiracy theory Thursday. I, you know, I will do that kind of, uh, sank out of sight, didn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, I hope maybe if the guy's okay, or did he get committed, or did did he uh, end up like uh, you mentioned Hillary Clinton, one of his, uh, her uh, people that she ran afoul of, uh, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, part of the body count, right? Need yeah, to know. Like Foster, right. like Foster. All right. Uh, thank you. And, and what was it? Uh, who was the guy? Uh, no, not Vince Foster. Was that that Ron? Uh, what was his name? Ron. Uh, Ron Brown. Oh, yeah, remember, yeah, remember yeah, Ron Brown was... uh, with the uh, the the bullet hole in his head uh, from the plane yeah, crash. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, happens. it happens every day. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> Nothing to see. Move along and uh, keep voting. <laughs>
All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Let me go to Ron Smith. Hello, Ron. Speaking of Ron. Uh, good, good. Uh, yeah, good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ron. You would like to actually challenge your opponents. You are running for uh, Joe County Commissioner. Uh, which uh, yeah. which position, by the way? Position three. Okay. I'm running, right now, there's two opponents in that race. There could be more because March 12th is the deadline. But I would like to put out more. I think the voters need to know who we're, who they're voting for, and I don't think the forums give people much of a chance. I would like to do a public debate, more like more like the presidents have, and, and just uh, public debate these guys about the issues and what policies they would want to institute to uh, 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 help solve these issues that are concerned for the people of Josephine County. All right. And how do you drag them to a debate? What do you want well, to do? That, I'm, I'm going to challenge them if they don't want to show up. It just means they're not they're not willing to debate the issues in public. I mean that oh. that, would, that would kind of make a scary thing anyway, wouldn't it? If he doesn't want to debate what the problems are. Yeah. All right. Hey. Uh, well, let us uh, say who are the two uh, candidates you wish to debate. Well, I don't norm- I don't normally mention uh, opponents' names, but I will. Okay. Uh, one is a wealthy well-to-do Pat Fahey. Oh. Okay, and, Pat Fahey. And, uh, sure. Yeah, and the other one is a Russell McAlmon. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we will have the open thing. If they, if we want to get together, they get back in touch with you. You bet. Sure. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm looking for, Bill. Thank oh. you very much. All right. You're very welcome, Ron. 770-5633. Bob is here. Bob, you wanted to talk about your registered nurse status. So I'd love to get your take on that. I was talking about the bolus theory a little while ago, just a theory. But anyway, what they were bringing up. Yeah, good morning, Bill. I am a retired RN, and one concern I had through the COVID, because it was, uh, you know, on TV a lot and all that, that when you give an intramuscular injection, uh, location, one, is important, and two, technique is equally important, that uh, after you insert the needle, you're supposed to draw back on the plunger of the syringe to make sure you're not in a blood vessel. What would happen if you are doing this correctly? Because the COVID vaccines were designed to be intramuscular only. And what Mark Giridot, I don't know if it's how you pronounce his name or if it's Giridot or whatever, he has been floating a theory that he's been concerned that some of what has been the damage has not been the vaccine as much as the fact that the vaccine left the muscle. And that was what he was talking about, the bolus theory. Correct. Uh, I mean, in the in the hundreds and hundreds of, of injections I gave, whether it's analgesics, vitamin B, uh, you know, an, um, or vaccines, there were very few instances where I did draw blood back in the syringe. Mm-hmm. And that you're supposed to withdraw the needle and reposition and uh, try it again so that you don't inject whatever medication you're putting in. Uh, to that patient. And apparently this is because medication that can be absorbed into the system via the muscular uh, injection is uh, protected or or the uh, the circulatory system is somewhat protected by that. Is that uh, the theory right. what you're and doing? It absorbs more slowly and and and, and it, you know goes through the muscle not directly into the venous system or also uh anatomically um women However you choose to express that, if they're not a bodybuilder or an athlete, their deltoid muscle in their shoulder is not as developed as men. And so women tend to run a higher risk of not getting a proper intramuscular injection. That's really interesting because of lack of muscle tissue or less muscle tissue to inject Right. So you ideally want to use the lateral thigh muscle, the quad. Oh, okay. Intramuscular injections. Well, women tend to have pretty muscular legs, right? 
generally speaking. Well, that muscle's a heck of a lot bigger than the deltoid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there have been a few times where I've, I've hit to the bone. Really? And I said, oops, I went a little deep on this one, you know. I've got to draw that back out. So and, there's uh, a reason for that all, and I appreciate having that explained to me. And, yeah, and the thing is, every time I see it on TV, you know, oh, they're getting the IM injection, you know, from the president on to local celebrities. And, and this is only a small portion of the millions of injections that were given. I only saw one time where the proper technique was done. Interesting. Maybe Mark's yeah. uh, theory, there's uh, something to that for some people who have had uh, some problems. And, yeah. and share that with him. And to all nursing students out there, when you learn in school the proper technique to use an IM injection, you do that 100% of the time. All right. Good job. Thanks uh, for the explanation. Thank you, Bill. All right. Thanks. Take care, Bob. Retired registered nurse, Bob. Bob Shan. Deplorable Patrick, fire away. What's on your mind today, huh? Well, good morning, Bill. Hey, a few minutes ago, you had a caller uh, describing that when Dorothy Kilgallen died, the FBI came in and took everything out of her house. Now, sorry to say, I thought I first became aware that the FBI was a taxpayer-supported criminal gang when James Comey got up there in January of 2016 and covered for Hillary's criminality. But evidently that criminality goes back way further. How far back do you think it goes? Probably to the creation, for all we know, because let's just be honest that the FBI is filled with humans. Humans are flawed. Humans with a lot of uh, unaccountable power will be attracted to, well, people who uh, wish to do bad things will be attracted to positions with a broad, unaccountable power. How about that? How about that? What do you think? I sure hope that uh, Trump gets in and he's able to pull a plug on the FBI and start over. That would be my dream world. It would be. And I would just say, where is the constitutional authority for federal police? Yeah, there's another point. But so, but remember, though, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you know, to investigate is one thing. They're, that's fine. You know, to actually go back to being a Federal Bureau of Investigation. But you may recall, it really started changing. Remember, F, uh, post-9-11. Uh, so who was the guy running the FBI uh, during 9-11? Was it... Uh, Louis Free? Was it Louis Free? It could have been. Um, I forget that off the top of my head. But yeah. he ended up going into the Bush administration. And, uh, you know, after 9-11, and I, I had a guest talk about this a number of months ago. And I forget who... Oh, it was a, a gentleman who wrote a book about his experience in the FBI. He was a former FBI agent, retired now. And he had talked about how the FBI director was just grilled by the uh, by President Bush at that time because hey, I want you to you know get to the bottom of this while we are investigators. He wasn't satisfied by the investigator side of it, but yet that's their goal. That was their mission: Federal Bureau of Investigation, not policing, not an intelligence agency. You know what I'm getting at? And so a lot yeah. of that ended up uh, morphing post 9/11. Really did. Yeah, so emptying uh, Dorothy Kilgallen's uh, apartment or whatever it was, that's not investigating. Uh, no. <laughs> well, it might, it might be making sure the investigation never comes to light. How about that? We'll just leave it there. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Patrick. Always uh, thought-provoking, too. It is 8.53. I'll grab one more. Hi, who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Um, 
Well, I was calling about insurance, but before that, I just want to add to the conspiracy theory. Um, during COVID, I read articles talking about how um, people giving the injection were specifically told not to do that aspiration technique. Oh. I could probably find it. I'm at, I'm at work right now. But they were specifically told not to do it, and it makes you wonder what they were up to. Because hmm. um, aspiration, um, without doing the aspiration and what Mark uh, Girardeau was, uh, was theorizing. And like I said, I wasn't planning on talking about the bolus theory. It's just when other people came up. So I don't have it sitting in front of me. Then maybe I can you know, talk about that another day. But his uh, theory was that a lot of the excess death and a lot of injuries that have been occurring to people that are so strange that people can't really, okay, why am all of a sudden this guy having this problem with this inflammation or that, uh, uh, you know, this uh, arterial sclerosis problem or this uh, myocarditis. Why is this? And the theory is that uh, th- this is a lot of people who are dealing with uh, improper injection technique and it's damaged them. Yeah. Right. It's a really interesting. I've read up on it and, you know, who knows, but it's provocative. Yeah, um, it is. But it's, it's even if it's more criminal because people were specifically trained taught not to do it and there's that's just weird and what makes it even more criminal today is that you're not supposed to ask any questions about it no no you're not supposed to ask questions either yeah um so i wanted to i wanted to um take a little bit of issue with brad bennington's call i know he knows i'm a big fan i've learned so much from him but i don't think it's true that the wildfire bill is what's causing people to have problems getting their insurance you don't um, no, because for one thing, the insurance companies all have their own maps. They don't go to the state of Oregon's bogus map for their um, decisions. And also the legislature actually passed a law that they can't – they're not allowed to use the wildfire map. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no risk of it, but that was meant to calm people's fears. So I'm pretty sure that happened in the last session. So you know, I can't speak to why that particular that particular place, even though it's very close to um, a fire department, maybe it, there's an issue of you know out of control wildfire that that um, the companies are concerned about. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to point that out. And then there's something called the Oregon Fair Plan for people who are denied insurance. It's not a very good plan, but it's something. So um, they can inquire about getting an Oregon Fair Plan, which basically all the insurers have to agree to insure. Um, you know, they they, they wrote the high risk people. Insurers. Okay, very good. Yeah, hey, I appreciate yeah. the take. And of course, two six one five four 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 for Steve. What's your number over at Sky Park while you're here? Okay. Um, for, my number is four nine nine zero nine five eight for all the Medicare stuff. All right, very good. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks. All right. Bye. 856 and change on KMED, KCMD. Another uh, fearless sponsor of my program that I'm a big fan of, Jay Austin and Company, Gold and Silver Buyers. And they support my show because they are fearless about supporting the message of freedom, independence, and conservative viewpoints, too. And uh, during COVID and all the other issues in which, you know, they got threats for actually stay, remaining open and all the rest of this stuff. And they're with you no matter what. And I just think they're they're, they're great people, okay? And if you're looking to uh, to add a course to, to some wealth preservation, get in touch with them, 482-3715. Stop by the store, 1632 Ashland Street in Ashland. Call 482-3715. Get an appointment for 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass. Brick and mortar for face-to-face. Sell your collectible coins, scrap gold, gold U.S. or even old U.S. banknotes. If it's collectible and you're not using it, free up that cash and make it useful. By selling it, and you're supporting local businesses, people who share your beliefs, similar beliefs, ethics, and values. 
We have to work with people who are friendly instead of so many of the places you hear about are just uh, openly hostile. But, yeah, they're happy to take your money. All right. Jay Austin and Company, gold and silver buyers in Ashland, 1632 Ashland Street, 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass, jaustinbrokers.com. And, of course, you can find out more, too, at fortunereserve.com. Jay Austin, the recognized experts. Rev up your engines, folks.